Hey there, Rooster Teeth fans. Welcome to another episode of the Ruby After Show on AfterBuzz TV. Tonight, we are talking about Volume 5, Chapter 10, True Colors. We've got a fun show tonight. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I see your true colors. That's not the song that we're opening with, but... But you see them nonetheless. Every, every time I see a title show with that with that particular title, Phil Collins just starts playing in my head. It's ingrained. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like Pavlovian at this point. Um, but anyway, guys. <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, hey, Rooster Teeth fans. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. Uh, and I hope everybody's having a fantastic new year so far. Tonight, we are talking about True Colors, uh, episode of Ruby. Guys, before we get started, want to emphasize real quick again, before we even do our introductions, no spoilers for Chapter 11 in chat or in the comments. We'll know if you do it. Yeah, I will. I will. Very upset with you. Um, and but also, uh, we are three, not four. Do you yes. do you want to talk about that? Uh, well, no, no. Um, we, let's let's go ahead. And okay, just, all right, yeah. Just we'll a get, regular. There's a reason. Well, no, it, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, hi, Ruby fans. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Mengwin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And to my left is the lovely Stacy Shuttleworth. Hey guys, I'm Stacy Shuttleworth. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all over the web at Stacy Shuttles. To her left, Mark Donica. Hi, I'm Mark B. Donica. You can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. Uh, and just because I'm in the sage, to my uh, far all around the left. Megan again. It's Megan. <laughs> um, uh, Patrick and Katie are not able to join us tonight, but be sure to follow them on Twitter at P to the D's for Patrick and at Kiajay uh, for Katie. So, yeah, guys, let's uh, again. No spoilers for Chapter Eleven, guys. As Malachroma, as uh, my, my mic's being weird. Uh, as Malachroma in chat says, people who post spoilers get eaten by dinosaurs. Indeed, they do. Um, but yes, so guys, this episode I feel like was one of the most emotionally charged episodes I think we've gotten all volume. Maybe Chapter Eleven proves me completely wrong in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to appreciate the charged pun that you went for oh, with Lord. the electro sword. I wasn't oh. even trying, but you're right. You would catch that. You oh. would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a good, it was a good as, mm-hmm. as uh, one would say in a puppet universe, it was a good try. <laughs> but your name isn't Ron. Anyway. No. <laughs> Severus Snape is more like it. Uh, <laughs> but I just wanted to catch your guys' initial thoughts on this episode. We've been building up to that emotional, like, just... That emotional clash, yeah. Got, yeah, for a while, so to see it happen sooner than I expected, but... And what, what a performance. Yes. The, like, in, ter- in terms of side characters... Ilya's quickly beca- has been uh, backed by one of the strongest performers that I think Ruby the, the the show Ruby has had the benefit to have, and the the performance of Ilya ranging all the way from anger to confusion to acceptance to more confusion, uh, but friendly confusion. Uh, was stand out uh, as Kane's child in chat is pointing out gunchucks. First time in a <laughs> minute we got yeah. to see the gunchucks come out. Um, I would like to thank uh, past 
self. Uh, thanks, Passmark, for adjusting the prediction that uh, one of the brothers was going down <laughs> instead of uh, instead of my gross, terrifying prediction that still could come true uh, of uh, either Sun or Gira going down. Like, not even gonna lie, uh, when it when it happened that moment, I did my jaw was on the floor, but at the same time, once it was over, I did breathe a sigh of relief. I was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> we've had the death episode. It's okay now, especially. When when Gira got stabbed right in the back, but his uh. his reaction was like, "Huh, no." But, <laughs> but the, my, I think my favorite thing about that is that it reminded me of like a some Planet Earth footage of a smaller, uh, like scrappy animal going after a big cat. Yeah, you jump in the middle of of their blind spot and you tack them in a place where they can't knock you off. So it was super animalistic. But still a human fight where somebody got stabbed in the back by a magical fire dagger. I was very concerned when he got stabbed in the back. I thought maybe he had a punctured lung. But I, I guess Gira just has, like, I don't know, maybe a solid foot of muscle <laughs> in his back. Protecting those muscles, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of muscle. He's That's a very a muscular man. And yet accurate. <laughs> have a punctured lung. Mm. It looked like his shoulder was alright. <laughs> the man was fine. Full range yeah. of movement. We were good. Yeah, we if done. anything it was just kind of a mild annoyance mm. <laughs> more than anything else. Slightly irritated and shook it off. Yeah, uh, but Mark, I have to concur with you. Sheremy uh, Lee's performance uh, for Ilya in this episode and Aaron's too for Blake. Both of them were just absolutely Brothers of the White Fang! <laughs> We've come a long way from that. It's an amazing performance. Yeah. yeah, so, and, all right, so, yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about this from the get-go, because, uh, let's, let, since we're already talking about it, let's focus on the attack on the Belladonna compound, because this fight, this confrontation between Ilya and Blake is what we've build, been building up to for a couple episodes. Um, did you guys have a standout moment in the fight where you, you would highlight it as your favorite moment from the fight? Between the two of them? Yeah. Pers- Oh, no, I, th- oh, I thought oh, okay. you, your no, 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 cl- U.S. for clarification was like, I'm going to go first. Um, I, w- I would probably have to say uh, Blake's like, sorry, Dad, and setting the <laughs> oh. bloody house on fire just to get visibility <laughs> on Ilya. That was really smart. That was the that was the opposite of running away. Like, she could have run to a place that had more light, but then she would have left Ilya to do her own devices, whatever. Um, but then also Ilya's strategy of also, first of all, mood lighting. The, the thing on the wall. Um, the, candle, the, the flame is also mood lighting, yeah, right? By I mean, the firelight? Let's, let's light a candle. Uh, but... Malachrome and chat. Humans didn't do this. Faunus did this. Specifically, Specifically I did this. This. <laughs> this one's on me. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Yeah, no, that was definitely my fault. But an army. Does <laughs> anybody want to? It worked. Uh, but yeah, the, there's there's a lot of cool choreography with the fight. Yeah, they're both so nimble. So there was um, a couple sequences in particular, just the way that they move in relation to each other. And you can tell that they have a familiar, f- uh, familiarity with each other's fighting styles, too, and they kind of dance around each other with that. I thought that was a really interesting thing to watch. Yeah. Something I didn't notice in um, some of their previous altercations is that they both have 
very similar weapons in that they're meant for both close quarters combat and distance fighting. Mm -hmm. So it's like you can definitely tell in this particular skirmish that they most definitely had very similar training Mm -hmm. in their upbringing within the White Fang. And to see that come to a head here is really cool. I think probably my favorite moment... Um, is definitely just that moment where Blake is crouching down with the flames behind her. Like, the lighting there, the camera angle, all of that was really great. But also just shout out to the team for the fluid camera work um, for the entire fight scene as a whole. Like, it's not something I notice when I'm, like, watching it the first time around, but going back and rewatching it again, just seeing the way the camera follows them. It's its hypnotizing. It's really awesome. Uh, we got our first piece of art for the show. Oh! From Malachroma. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, using the hashtag RubyABTV. It is the Fennec Albane pancake mix. Oh! <laughs> from the makers of Pancake Pete. Or, I'm sorry, Pumpkin Pete. <laughs> you can get your very own uh, Fennec Original pancake oh, mix. Fennec. Just like Mom used to make a menagerie, that is the Fennec Albane pancake mix. <laughs> Pick it up at your local store, and may God have mercy on your store. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, can we can we take a moment to appreciate how his death scene was basically a moment out of a Roadrunner Wiley Coyote cartoon? <laughs> with far more dire consequences. Like, yeah. It was the equivalent of like when, you know, a giant boulder falls on Wiley Coyote and then it exploded. Like, if if that pillar had just said Acme on it. Oh, <laughs> and more homework has been made. Oh, Lord. Oh, but <laughs> I, I have to agree with you, Stacey. I did not see this death coming. Mark called it, but I definitely didn't see this one coming. I didn't think it was going to be Fennec, to be honest. It, when I did call that one of the... I thought it was going to be the other one, but uh, that, I think, made it that much more shocking, so to speak. May- maybe... Oh, how about you? Oh, I was just agreeing. <laughs> okay, um... Now, maybe this is better saved for predictions, but because Fennec is now gone and Corsic has been apprehended, he's still alive and probably really mad. Is he a potential player for later on down the road, or do you, like, in the same way that Neo is a potential player for somewhere down the road, or do we think that we're sort of done with that element of the White Fang subplot? I think if the way that they're kind of going in Menagerie, they'll probably have a pretty good handle on him. However, he he was knocked unconscious when that whole thing went down, so he doesn't know exactly how it happened either, right? Like, he could have, th- or he could be under the impression that it was a completely malicious, on purpose, they did this to him. They murdered him. With, yeah, meaning to do this mm-hmm. kind of situation. So there could be a lot of rage and resentment there that will get him stopping at nothing. Um... I think one of two things could happen. One, that's it. Or two, if everybody's leaving the country to go fight in this battle, there's some room. There could be some room for improvement while they're gone for however long they're going to be gone for. Yeah. And uh, there could just be him, like Hannibal Lecter-esque style. Or, um, ah, never mind, I'm not going to make an X-Ray and Vab joke. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, like the Mad King uh, trying to break our heroes apart, but sort of a thing where he's in prison, but he's like, "What are they having you do? Come, come on, we know better, <laughs> brother, brother." 
Can I call your brother? It doesn't matter. I'm gonna call you. I lost my brother. I lost cool. my. <laughs> the, 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 mm, I was about to say something that could have been highly misconstrued. Never mind. Uh, Tumblr would have had a field day, but uh, yeah, that, that sort of thing where it either it depends on what they want to use them for. Yeah, uh, it's it'll be interesting. I feel like for right now, if he does come back, we won't see him for maybe maybe two volumes. Uh, like, and so part of me wants to say, you know. The subplot is done, but at the same time, it's like they left him alive. They could, it could be that they're like, if there's a place for him in the story, we'll come back to him. But if not, it's wrapped up in a nice little bow. Freelancer Emma in chat says, "My brother is dead. You are my brother now." <laughs> He's just collecting new guards as his brother. Brother, now. brother, brother, brother. Uh, if you want to go grimdark, yeah, he just goes crazy just in jail. <laughs> takes a horribly sad turn. Oh, boy. <laughs> like, he's like, uh, he goes crazy and starts hallucinating, and he's like, isn't that right, brother? And he's talking to, like, no one in the corner. <laughs> See? Finnick agrees with me. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> um, I also want to just point out um, how much I love Kali in this Attack um all the time uh, all the, the greatest <laughs> but she was just spectacular in this episode yeah she was I think um and it also it, it amuses me to no end that basically we have a Catwoman beat a Batman I just I I oh am my. I am pleased as punch by it's that beautiful <laughs> think about it that way <laughs> wonderful Malcolm agrees. <laughs> Wonderful. That Kali is best mom. Yes, yeah. she is best mom. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, compared to the two moms we've met, three moms we've met because we've technically met Ren's mom too. That's true, yeah. um, but out of the remaining living mothers are in, or <laughs> they're or involved sober in their children's lives. I was going to say, Mama Schnee is uh, hanging out in the garden, definitely drinking. Brain Checked dead. out there. <laughs> Raven, we'll get to in a in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a fair balance. No. Um, Basically, Kali is mom of the year for sure. Uh, Mara Lewis and Kane's child are. are uh, uh, hopefully, I'm reading that right. Are both bringing up that. That uh, just like a cat, she drug her kill to show her <laughs> as like a gift. Look what I did! <laughs> I brought you a present. I also love that um, when Blake goes to make her speech, um, Gira initially goes to stop her, and Kali just holds a hand up. And you really do get the height discrepancy, which is always evident, but mm. even more so there. She only comes up to his chest, and <laughs> she can still like be like, "Nah, nah, honey, she's got this." stop in power. <laughs> uh, I will just say, referencing my own my own life, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> my own life, life and wife, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Mrs. Donica, yeah, comes up to about here, Mrs. right? Mrs. Donica is my mother. <laughs> uh, but, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, it was a good blow-off, and, and they've They've trained us to expect the absolute worst. Yes. Whereas it came out pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Worked out only one death. Oh, only God. one death. Well, What's coming up? I feel like a lot of guards died. <laughs> one character death. But definitely That's a lot of guards true. died. So one important per no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's awful. That's awful. <laughs> one one is good. 
Good. You have one. one no more. Great. <laughs> it's not like we have. Although, <laughs> we're as we get closer to the episode, our, our uh, anxiety uh, just ramps just up. Constantly. For some reason, you can't sleep on Friday night. Just <laughs> for There's, fear. You're just tossing and turning, thinking about uh, who's the next character that's gonna bite it. And then you get to an episode like this, and you're like, oh, hey. That wasn't so bad. <laughs> um, and, and Malakoma brings up a good point. Kim Newman's work on the gunchucks. Uh, yes. People, I say quote fans, but viewers, various viewers of uh, Ruby, tend to bring up with the, the, the various changes since the untimely passing of Monty, uh, how some of the fights don't feel... You know, they weren't the same fights that got us interested in the series in the first place. And now with the new uh, animation style, it's a lot harder to convey that fast-paced action uh, music video-esque style. But with the animation that came with these gunchucks, it's like, no, they function the exact same way as they did. They look and feel the exact same way that they did in season one. It's been that long. Uh, And, like, the fights are just different yeah um and until we reach an episode where there's a lot of fights we can't really uh describe it honestly it's i i know it's an ongoing i know it's an ongoing critique of the show in its current incarnation but i think the animation's never been better and as far as the fight choreography goes yes Monty's touch was wholly unique, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make the fighting in the show at the moment bad or less important or right. or less impressive. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like I said, I think there was one moment during the fight where Ilya spun around um with her whip and it was the combination of the lighting, the camera movement, the character expressions and the vocal performance. I was like, "Dang!" We have come a long way, and the show is going to continue to grow and evolve and change. And guys, change isn't inherently bad. Or inherently good, for that matter. Yeah. But change, it just in its nature, isn't consistent. Yeah. Uh, and now it's really getting to the point where the camera is becoming its own character. And we're getting creative shots that we can't get, which is why we turn to animation. It's not just an like same over the shoulder, over the shoulder, two shot, uh, mid shot, extreme close up. No, with this type of action, you can really get right up into it because you don't physically have a camera there. So we're we're getting there, and the this whole fight was just awesome. Yeah, I feel like one of the reasons why. I, I maybe you guys have a different take on it, but one of the reasons why I got into anime in particular was because it had such a unique visual identity compared to everything else I had seen prior to that. And um, this show, with with the you know with the camera becoming a character and with the ever evolving animation style, it has developed. It's it's always had a great visual identity, but to see that visual identity. Any evolving is really cool and really interesting, and I have a lot of faith in where they're going, for sure. I agree, and I mean, I think it lets us kind of dig even a little deeper as fans too. We're following and we're watching this evolution happen. We can kind of track the progress and track where we've been and where we're going. Agreed. Um, Brody, Kimberlyn, and Chat says this is a show with a background story of. 
keep moving forward. Yes. Change will happen, like it or not. Yeah. I agree with that. It's it's sort of uh, like a criticism, like in terms of that as a critique, I I feel like I feel the same way when I look at long-running franchises based on nostalgia, like Star Wars and other things, like other like long-running video game series, things Mm -hmm. like that, where people's nostalgia sort of tints what their their view of the the product in its current incarnation and it's like hey guys again just change isn't inherently bad or good just keep that in mind as as you consume uh as you consume products uh as franchises continue um and speaking of star wars blake's speech at the end i feel like mirrors one of the plot lines in the last jedi which i won't go too into detail but I love that Blake's, you know, the moral of it was if you are neutral in this conflict, you're basically siding with people that choose to speak for you mm-hmm. through violence. If you don't speak out against it, you're basically condoning it. And I, I really appreciated that that's kind of the final push that the Faunus needed to be like, hey, we should do something. <laughs> yeah, I like that they, that, that has become the important message to focus on, and that's kind of the rallying cry. Um, not so much fighting back as just having your own stake in it, showing your own stake in it, in something. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I, 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 my favorite part from that sequence was, uh, I'll stand with you, and and the one person in the crowd going, what? Like, there's this really dramatic thing happening, and then all of a sudden you just hear somebody like, was that a girl that was like, Super making a scene at like the press conference the other day. Like, oh my god, <laughs> you still take time to gossip. Yeah, <laughs> can't help it sometimes. All right, <laughs> Camille and Chet and Chet says she doesn't even go here. <laughs> if you'll have me, we and uh, Toxinuba 1990 says we are the spark that will light the fire that will burn down the White Fang. Yeah, nice. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and again, there's also that wonderful little uh, just message about forgiveness as well and how mm-hmm. powerful that can be. And we talked a lot about Elia as a character the last on the last episode and about whether or not um, her being an antagonist was problematic. And I really like what they've done here. You know, she's not a perfect person, but at the same time, she was lost. She didn't know where to what to do, and she had no direction, and she's picked a different direction now. So that's not to say that she'll always continue to pick that particular direction, but I like where they're going with it now. Yeah, well, she took an open-minded approach. She kind of let herself explore, oh, well, there there is another way, maybe, and, you know, is going to explore it instead of just sticking with what she thought was working. Not to... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm I'm, I'm just trying to be attentive. I was going to say, also not to... In addition to the awesome gunshots, Sun was just in top form in this episode with his doppelgangers uh, and uh, and just that little moment he and Ilya had at the end there. Mm. He's great. I... I never, I, like, I, I never felt very strongly one way or the other for Sun. Like earlier, I know people had very fiery opinions one way or the other concerning him. But this this past season has really cemented him as like just such an endearing, wonderful character. And so that little moment, and poor Eli, she's like, "Oh, God, what's gonna happen? He's gonna hate me forever." And you like, stabbed oh, me. <laughs> he, can't, he can't help himself but to point it out because that's Sun. But also, he, he's gonna get over it. 
Because son is son. Because it's also son. <laughs> He's like, Blake says you're cool, so you're probably cool. <laughs> uh, fun fact, the Blake, the son slash Blake slash Iliaship <laughs> is Rainforest. Because <laughs> it's, okay, I got I'd, you. I'd, call it, I'd also call it the Jungle Book. Is that because it's got like rainbow in terms of rainforest? Is that because it's got like rainbow, like Ilya? All... And also, there's a lot of throwing shade. Hey, 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 hey. Not a fan um, of the things I just said. Was, so, so, they were talking about this a little bit in chat earlier, and I wanted to bring it up to y'all. Absolutely. Um, <coughs> this sort of showed me, like, do you think that there's any ambiguity with how. With an age discrepancy between Ilya and Blake. Because to me, it seems like Ilya is a little bit younger, like maybe a year or two. I think a little bit, not a huge, but not a huge amount. She's because she very much is acting like a child. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are adults who act like children. Yeah. Uh, So it's not necessarily inherent of age, but it it seems more of a senpai kohai thing of somebody to look up to. We also don't know how old she was when she lost her parents. And she did go away to school. We don't know what age she was when she went away to school. Um, So she was away from her parents and then lost them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we don't know how long she's been going without parental guidance, so to speak. So, yeah, you can act a little bit more infantile when that's the case. Um, But uh, especially, especially when you're given free reign and you run off and hang out with a bunch of, like, pirates and, you know, terrorists, I guess. If you don't have the responsibilities (laughs) to kind of develop more maturity as you go or or feel the need to, then... So, there might be an age discrepancy there, but, um, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's huge Mm -hmm. if if there is one. Mm -hmm. Because they're obviously close enough in age to be... to have relatively the same level of experience. So, uh, when it comes to fighting and combat and all that other stuff... Um, do we have any more thoughts on the menagerie side of things? Um, because I think my final thought is that's going to be one awkward boat ride. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, what, two weeks on a boat with like the person who burned down your house <laughs> and tried to kill your family? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd, I'd, no, nothing more on the menagerie part, but I think b- before we get to the... I'm sorry. Did, did you have anything no, else no, that you want to say about menagerie? Sorry. Um uh, before I think we should do our break stuff before we get to the second half. That sounds just because I saw you, how you how you put the show up together. <laughs> I'm trying not to uh, like rise against you. No, no, no. I only put that there as like a notes as a don't forget it. That's, okay. None of this has to be in sequential order. None of this is canon. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're gonna start off. Uh, we're, we're before we we talk about the second part of the episode. Uh, we got a wonderful gift. We did uh, in the for- now now we get we get a lot of fan art and we get a lot of fan art about stuff that we talk about and we are appreciative of it. Uh, 24 hour calls. Center, we are appreciative to them. Uh, Malachroma, we are appreciative to them. Anybody that submits art to us, we absolutely love you. We absolutely adore you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, though, we were talking about Magical Girls. Uh, and as a result, S Chessboard on Twitter, let's take a look at this first one, uh, sent us, and I just because the other one that was sent to me was so wide, I had to split them up. No uh, worries. This first one is uh, Megan on the left. <laughs> Katie in the middle, and me on the right as an actual magical girl, as Akko <laughs> from, from Little Witch Academia. Marcus' uh, best girl. <laughs> and I like, I mean, she never had a familiar, but I guess the black lion is my familiar, <laughs> I suppose. Right. That's synergy. Uh, but 
and and then this next one uh, is Stacy as Sailor Diva. I love it. And, it's so uh, great. The immortalized tuxedo mark. <laughs> With the raccoon, because I swear, if you fight me, if you think that the Ginyu Force is not a group of magical girls, they transform. They That's are, all I'm saying. Absolutely. No, I don't think no anyone will fight me. They are absolutely <laughs> a Sentai group. Although looking at it now, I'm like, was Raccoon's pose the reverse dab all this time? No, it's, it's Hogan. It's, ho- it's, it's Hogan. Like the classic Hogan Hogan pose, just okay. from the back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought it was maybe like um like. Dab. Somebody was like, oh, I want to do like the raccoon pose, but I want to make it my own. And so they did like a dab instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the dab and that's born. how the dab was born. And, and Malachroma nailed it before I had a chance to say it. Uh, Katie was a Bryxen, which is the mid, uh, either the mid or the final evolution. No, the middle evolution of uh, the Fennec Fox, who I also forget the actual name of, which I think was just Fennec. But or Fennec. Yes. Something like that. Thank you again to Jester's Chessboard. That's at S Chessboard on Twitter. Uh, this was a wonderful way to cap off 2017 and to yeah. start 2018. It's um, like, this is my profile picture now. I loved it so much. Yeah, um, so thank you to uh, to Jester's Chessboard and to everybody who contributes art for this show. It is always fantastic seeing what you guys come up with. And, and I, I, I have to say... Never did I expect to to be drawn as a little girl at a magical academy, and never have I been so flattered to be drawn as a little girl at a magical academy, uh, complete with my crappy facial hair. Uh, but the, that I can't tell you how wonderful it made me feel. So thank you, as chessboard, and thank you to everybody who, who submits art. We're not we 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 will do this as it happens, but. To S Chessboard, thank you because this was yeah. just lovely. I've never been a magical girl before, and it <laughs> got me all for clapping. P.S. We've always <laughs> been magical girls. The power was inside us all along, the whole time. <laughs> 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 but uh, we also want to talk to you guys uh, really quickly about iTunes. Folks, thank you to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, subscribe, leave a comment. We love hearing from you, and it is the best way to let our producers know that you guys like the show that we're putting on and that you guys like hearing about us talk about Rooster Teeth content. Um, so, And when you guys do, you might even get a shout-out on the show. <laughs> like so uh, so because, uh, because uh, in case you missed it our December 20th episode we had Sam Ireland on we talked about Wolves Inside which was successfully funded with an extra 2k y'all are awesome y'all are wonderful yes. um, I'm sort of thrown off on where we left off from these so I'm going to I think we read this one but just in case I'm going to read it again uh, from Jedi Neptune uh, my favorite non-Rooster Teeth podcast hey we technically are uh, that asterisk, baby. Uh, I've been listening to this podcast since I found Ruby around episode 8 of Volume 1. Meeting you guys at RTX Austin this year was one of the highlights of my year. I love listening to the analysis and theories and adding my own twists and adding them with my friends. Keep being awesome people. Uh, a brilliant podcast from Malacrama. <laughs> I, I don't know who that would be. It's a weird name. I got into the Rooster Team's work with ABTV during RVB Season 13 and followed them into Ruby Season 3. I haven't dropped them since. They never fail to entertain, and the community in the live chat is one of the most delightful fan communities I have had the pleasure of interacting with. Every episode is a treat, and now that the podcast is weekly, I can come home from work every Wednesday excited to see what the Rooster Team has in store, listening to their theories and analyses, and sharing my own. If you're looking for a Ruby fan podcast with a table full of brilliant, insightful people, and Mark, that's weird. This is, No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they didn't write 
write that. Uh, this is a cast for you. Signed, uh, Malachroma. Uh, a genuine and humorous... It gets cut off because I'm reading off of mobile. Standing by life. Uh, I actually found this podcast by accident before season three came out from the Ruby Wiki page. Are we on the Ruby Wiki? What? Wait a minute. Are we on the Ruby Wiki? Can can everybody... <laughs> can, can someone can confirm, confirm or deny? The, put that in the hashtag, please. Uh, I love how animated everybody talks in this show, and even now, the live chat community is one of the most hilarious, insightful, and witty I've ever come across, and one I'm not shy chatting with... Which, by the way, shout out to Valachroma for their sharp perspective and artwork. You never fail to put a smile on my face. Every episode is delightful. They're meaningful and fueled with jokes, theories, and relatable situations. I enjoy every theory and analysis while sometimes throwing in my own. If you're new to the Ruby community or want to talk about Ruby with fans and looking for a fantastic <laughs> fan podcast look no further this podcast is for you the cast is enthusiastic with smile with laughs that will keep you smiling I will always look forward to the days when the podcast comes on I, it definitely brightens up my days and has me coming back for more P.S. thanks for the shout outs from when I was ordinary passer buyer to now uh, thanks again standing by life uh, last one love you guys from zero underscore four uh, love you guys and love Katie and Megan's reactions I noticed something looking back at chapter four did you notice there were no children in Raven camp it's it could be that children aren't allowed in the tribe and raven might not have yang with her not because she didn't want to but because she couldn't as we know but she couldn't as we know children can be very emotional and the tribe might feel that children would just attract more grim that's a fair assessment solid theory yeah. so a lot of love and theories oh but uh this isn't a twitter shot or this isn't this isn't a review but i did want to shout out because while we weren't on youtube last week we were on twitch last week uh yes! we streamed Sporting the indeed. second half of uh ruby grim eclipse it was stacy it was myself and it was katie who was joining us for this um and we tried getting malachroma on and their computer had varying levels of success but um we had our discord channel open which was open to anybody who, who could have come in and we had the distinct pleasure of uh, a wonderful listener by the name of Trenton Dixon, who is on Twitter at Trenton Dixon Five, uh, come in and essentially be our moderator. Like I was, I was trying to focus on the chat as well as the Discord as well as the game. But uh, Trenton came in, got to ask all of the questions that he wanted to ask, and then also was filtering questions from the chat. It was it was very helpful, and uh, and he's a very cool dude. So uh, thank you, Trenton, and thank you to everybody. Uh, who uh, who left iTunes reviews. If you want yours read, please leave us a review. It helps us get seen, though uh, I think we're doing pretty well. The fact that you can type in Rooster Teeth and we're the first thing that comes up after like Rooster Teeth proper. <laughs> it was a marketing decision. <laughs> and uh, we do pay attention to the hashtag all week long. That's RWBYABTV. So uh, if you guys just have so many feelings from week to week, Feel free to use that at any time. But again, no spoilers. Mm. <laughs> Be cool about public releases, guys. Um, anyway, all right, let's. I feel like talking about Raven. That's a good segue to move on over back to Haven um, nice. for, uh, for, for this part of the episode. And here we have Ruby sort of walking in on Crow and Oz having a little bit of a discussion. And she asks, I think, something that's been on our mind since we found out that like Oz was alive was like, okay, so what did he do with the relic? <laughs> so he says it's stored away. It's safe or, or safer than the one that's here at Haven anyway. Now he promised to be honest he did. and yet he provided no details. No. 
What do we think about that? Is it better that Ruby doesn't know, or do we find it weird that she didn't probe him a little bit more? I mean, I guess she still more or less has an implicit trust, you know, in in the people that have proven ally to her and have, have proven friend. So I guess if he didn't offer, she's not exactly the type to really get into the questioning. Like, you could tell she was uncomfortable even interrupting them at this particular moment. She was like, um, when I, I used to walk into my boss's office going, hey, how is everything? Can I come What do you in? want? <laughs> <laughs> Should I walk away Tell now? me what you want. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Mark? Uh, well, there was an interesting theory that I didn't really think much of until I really thought about it. Because uh, the, there's the theory that John's great 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 grandfather, who was the king, gave his sword from all the way then to now. And somebody in chat, I want to properly. I don't properly credit. Yeah, properly credit, but I can't see it either way. Somebody thought. Somebody said that John's the relic. And I went, wait a minute, what if his sword is the relic? Hmm. And giving, and giving acts, and and this is like super spiritual and super kind of a thing. Now, the plan was to make Pyrrha the maiden. Mm -hmm. Pyrrha and John were inseparable. And now Pyrrha is always with John. So in some way, shape, or form, the maiden is protecting the relic. And this also sort of validates the fact that John is a maiden? Could be a maiden. <laughs> and he could be protecting the <laughs> you relic. You just really need this, this hey, I to come to I, fruition. I believe, if, I can, if we can go back to the tape about a minute ago, I believe I said, now, in some way, shape, or form. Would this explain why Jean was allowed into Beacon Academy in the first place? Because we know he cheated his way in, and Ozpin's not a fool for all of his mistakes and bad decisions. We know he's not an idiot. We we know that he probably most likely knew about Jean cheating and lying to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I definitely think there's an underlying reason why he was like, all right, carry on. I'm going to look the other you way. You know, you're cheating, but I think this would be funny. <laughs> it's going to be real funny when we launch him off a cliff. I've been a little bored the past couple of years. Let's see what happens. Professor, Professor Ospin, why did you why did you accept me into Beacon? <laughs> For the lulls, Mr. Ark. For the lulls. <laughs> I need Oz actually to say Yeah. <laughs> I need it. Um, so I, that's an interesting theory. I I don't necessarily think that's where we're going. Although, since it a maiden is required to retrieve the relic, it could be that his weapon is the relic, but it is inert until the fall maiden gets a hold of it. There's some sort of a core in it. Um, mm. But I believe... Uh, I'm really sorry the chat was moving really fast. Um, Mara Lewis says, which would also explain why Tyrion said that Jon interests him. Mm. Um, You're interesting. Yeah, Malachroma, that would make the addition of Pyrrha's circlet much more prevalent. Uh, thank mm. you for validating me. <laughs> but uh, it's... Uh, 
Uh, I silly. Think, I think it would be funny if he's like, oh, don't worry, uh, Miss Rose. I have ensured that the di- relic is very difficult to get to. And it's just him, like, throwing it in a sack and, like, burying it out in the, in the forever fall like, somewhere. Hey, you bury this for me. <laughs> I don't even remember where it is, so I don't know how anyone else is going to find it. It's like the opening of the original Jumanji. He's just out in the woods, tosses it in a hole. <laughs> Uh, Brody Kimberlin, wish list for things to have Shannon say at RTX. Story. It's the last Hello. place they'd look. It's the last place they'd look. Maybe you put it on one of the launching platforms in the forest. Maybe it's now, one I of, don't know oh, where it is. Maybe it's one of those chess pieces that like just gets you know used during uh, during orientation that just gets thrown into a storage closet for the rest of the year. It's it's like the room of requirement, but it's all it's just chess pieces, and you have to find the one. You have to find the checker piece. It's the checker. <laughs> He's like, actually, it was my glasses. Those, those are I no probably idea. buried under buried a rock. With my body. <laughs> I was the relic. Um, although we do get him again, assuming he is being honest in this moment, we do get confirmation that it's not, in fact, his staff, but that his staff has some tricks up its sleeve. We got things to see still. <laughs> is one of those tricks. He presses a button and a large head is projected from it. Yes! <laughs> if it's not, if that's not one of the tricks, I will be so disappointed. If we don't see that before the end of the series. <laughs> We've been waiting for it for a while. Though, right? really like, upset. <laughs> I just have to say, I loved Lindsay's performance in this entire interaction. I have no further questions. questions. It was just adorable. And then the anime laugh it it off. (laughs) Like, like the only way it could have been more anime is if it was like a freeze frame. Don't you? (laughs) Like the credits start rolling (laughs) immediately afterwards. Um, But then they get a call from uh, Lionheart, who's like, yeah, let's uh, let's toast get a group together and uh, go go attack that uh, troop of bandits. Yeah, that thing you wanted to do. I, I'm totally down now, guys. Look, everyone. Definitely above board. That, that great sounds. news. <laughs> the board super down with it. So just, you guys want to come over? <laughs> let's chat about it. You know, yeah. Coffee. Come alone. Leave your weapons at home. <laughs> Why bring them? I we're mean, all friends here. we're all friends. We're just gonna, we're just gonna chat. It's no big deal. <laughs> Becca Lai says, "No, Megan, it turns into a curtain rod, so he can hide behind a curtain." <laughs> That's even better. And then project the head. <laughs> Missed. <laughs> You're Beautiful. right. I am so wrong. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> But so, uh, so for for this, um, you know, we get Lionheart and Raven uh, having this scene together, talking about, I suppose, the morality of their actions. Um, this sort of puts a little bit of a kink in my theory that Raven might have been coming to warn Crow. Yeah. Uh, sort of puts a kink in that, unless she left a note for him somewhere that, like, like a post-it to his door. <laughs> <laughs> Not Penny's boat. <laughs> but imagine just on the window, just tapping like a "Don't listen to the following phone call." Ring, ring. That's weird. <laughs> That's <What>? super weird. <laughs> Mighty peculiar. Um, so it's entirely possible that she did leave a warning, but I feel like this interaction sort of puts a 
a chink in that little theory. Mm. But, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, just Raven. Raven's out for Raven. <laughs> yeah, and, and we do get this interesting sort of philosophical approach to it. Lionheart views this as an act of cowardice, whereas Raven views it as like, nah, this is what you got to do to survive. There's no shame in that. Do we feel like, because we still don't know a ton about both of their backstories, do we feel like both opinions are sort of valid stances, or even though it goes contrary to what our heroes are trying to accomplish? I mean, I think they're valid. I don't necessarily think they're right. <laughs> it's like, that's an opinion. <laughs> it's an opinion. They probably both feel it, truly. From a certain point of view. <laughs> Uh, to borrow, to go back to Star Wars for a moment. But yeah, it, it, while they may be valid, I mean, every villain thinks that they're the most correct person in the room. And it's interesting to get that perspective despite the fact that, like, everybody is everybody is strong in their convictions, but... Because I was going to say they're, they're still... They're, they're, Absolutely confident in, in what they have to think, but they're still a little hesitant at how other people are going to take it. And also, take what Raven says with a grain of salt, because her actual plan is, maybe you'll all kill each other while I'm going to go get the relic. <laughs> I'm going to peace out. <laughs> Raven, out. Yeah. Um, do we have any final thoughts before we uh, go into some predictions? Uh, not before getting into predictions. No, I think... I think. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do some rapid-fire predictions since Super we're great. running out of time. After Buzz TV predictions. Yes. All right, have you both seen Chapter yep. 11? Yes. Okay, then <laughs> any, not gonna, any, no. any thoughts for, like, the rest of the series as a whole? <laughs> I feel we're going to be spending a lot of time in a single room. Oh, <laughs> snap. Like uh, is it a hospital bed? Oh, That's boy. not a room. Um... Okay, not spoiler. I think, um, I mean, I, I, after that phone call, I think Crow's smarter than that, right? Like, I would hope or so. Is definitely yeah. not as trusting. They, as they're that. definitely like, that's not like. Normal. Hold on. <laughs> they're they're gonna be like, oh, a trap. We never suspected what? it. What? And also, most of a the available trap? hunters and huntresses are super not available on account of being dead. So. Yeah, I feel like he. it's very apparent that something's up and they're not going to walk into this unprepared. Mm, so I think, you know, it's not all as it seems on yep. that front. Yep. I'm just, I'm waiting for the moment where, where Blake arrives on a ship a la Aragon in Return of the King. Uh, that's, that's the moment I'm waiting for. The eagles are coming! <laughs> I'm, hey, I will say, after this last episode, I welcome the eagles. <laughs> All right. Um, for some eagle action. I, I think that just about does it. Um, any other final comments before we wrap on up? I'm ready to see them all fighting together again. Yeah. I'm ready for Team Ruby to be reunited. I'm sorry, Mark. I know this is so How painful dare for you. How they? Anyway. <laughs> all right, Mark, where can people go if they want to find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mark B. Donica. You could also follow the team at ABTV Rooster Team. And that's where we post sort of group updates, stuff about the show. If we have guests, if we're doing special things like uh, playing... Uh, Ruby Grim Eclipse, if you want to go and check out both parts of that, you go to twitch.tv slash inventoryfullpt. We're trying to figure out a way to do more stuff with um, all of our assembled shows, so to speak, and just sort of make it a splinter so that we can play video games with cool people. Uh, and if if you like video games, Stacy and I do the talk show regularly, and this next Monday is going to be a big sort of end of the year. Not necessarily our game of the year talk, but a lot of 
a lot of it. So, uh, yeah, Mark B. Donegan for me, ABTV Rooster Team for the entire team, and Inventory Full PT if you like video games. Indeed, indeed. Hey guys, I'm Stacey Shuttleworth. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, all over the place at Stacey Shuttles or over at Inventory Full PT where I play lots of games and cry about them. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, be sure to follow Patrick at P to the D's and Katie at Kiajay. And I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. Thank you guys so, so much again to Chester's, uh, yeah, Jester's Chessboard for the wonderful art. Thank you to everybody in the live chat and the hashtag. Yeah. You guys are phenomenal. Thank you guys so, so much. We will see you all next week. For tears. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.